Hey guys, you're listening to Cut for Time, a podcast of Faith Church Indie, and I'm Nathan Kingsley, your guest host this week, and I'm here with Pastor Jeff this morning. Hey, welcome. You're not Claire. I'm not. I am her husband. We're in our series on Philippians, and on Sunday, Jeff taught on Philippians 2, 12 to 18. If you haven't had a chance to listen to his sermon yet, pause this podcast, scroll up or down, whichever uh, app you're using, and listen now. The video and our corresponding sermon discussion questions are also up on the website. So Jeff, on Sunday you preached on 2, 12 to 18, and you titled your sermon, Shine. Could you take a minute to summarize this for us and kind of explain what you meant by that? Yeah, it comes from uh, Paul's mention in that passage of uh, holding fast to the word of life and shining like stars uh, in the middle of a really dark and depraved world. So we, we get that part. It's the shine that even though it's not really command, it's this imagery that Paul picks up from uh, a prophecy of Daniel about the Messiah coming and uh, those who follow him and uh, lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars of the universe. And so Paul is saying, this is about Jesus. He's the one. And because we're now with him, we reflect what Jesus looks like. And we shine like stars in the sky or like lights in a dark world. Yeah, I really loved how you drew the contrast to what Paul is saying to what our culture says. And you mentioned briefly at the beginning um, this website called Cameo, and I couldn't help but wonder uh, if you could have paid to have a cameo of a celebrity to say, good morning, Faith Church, uh, who would it be and how much do you think it would have cost to have a cameo done for this morning? Uh, well, uh, one, uh, yeah, that's a good question. I looked around to see if there's anyone I would be willing to spend money on. And, uh, I thought maybe, uh, Terry Crews, uh, from Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Old Spice commercials. Uh, but then just as you were asking me, I thought, uh, there was an eighties pop group called Cameo, uh, that had kind of a one hit wonder, uh, song called Word Up. And, uh, so mm, I would, word. I would maybe look for a Cameo by Cameo. Wouldn't that be a great cameo? Uh, well, anyway, uh, what could you uh, take a minute or so and just tell us something that you had to leave out on Sunday because you were cut for time? Uh, yeah, in both services, I didn't actually get to use this uh, closing story that I ran across um, in Texas Monthly Magazine from a number of years ago. Um, so it, it takes a few minutes, but it's uh, fascinating. Uh, John McClamrock uh, was the guy this story is about. He was a high school junior in the early 70s, he, you know, kind of popular, good-looking football mm-hmm. player. Uh, in an early season game, he goes to make a tackle, and his chin catches the ball carrier's leg, and, and his head snaps back. He falls to the ground. Uh, they take him away by ambulance, and his mom, Ann, shows up at the hospital, and the doctor asks, do you have any religious preference? Uh, that's not a good intro. Uh, and she says, I'm Catholic. And he said, well, you might want to call your priest because uh, your son may not make it. And she said, my Johnny is not going to die. You wait and see. He's going to have a good life. So John survives, but he's paralyzed from the neck down. Uh, and, and an injury that's so severe, he can't even be in a wheelchair uh, or he loses consciousness. So he's, he's in a bed. His parents bring him home. Uh, they, they set up a bed for him, and his mom, Anne, uh, just takes on caring for him every day of his life. Uh, she would shave him and brush his teeth and bathe him and scratch his nose when it itched and 
uh, fed him all his meals. She, you know, she had to keep turning him to keep him from getting bed sores. And, and yet John would still, you know, almost once a year have some illness uh, that, that would land him back in the hospital. And, and he would always recover and come home and, and Anne would kiss him on the forehead and say, I'm so proud of you. And when she saw him getting discouraged, she would read him from a book of devotions. Uh, this, was, this was one of them. God tells us that in all misfortunes, we must seek the good. Acting hopeless is easy. The real challenge is to hope. And she had this uh, a prayer called a prayer of thanksgiving that uh, she would share with him and pray every night. Lord Jesus, may I always trust in your generous mercy and love. I want to honor and praise you now and forever. Amen. Uh, John was not expected to live from the hospital. He lived to be 51 years old. Uh, wow. By this time, Anne was in her uh, late 80s and, mm-hmm. and getting to the point where she couldn't hardly take care of him. His younger brother moved in the house uh, to help out. Um, and, and in 2008, when he was uh, just about 51, he developed a fever. He, he couldn't get his strength back. He dropped down to 98 pounds. He's in the hospital. And... In that hospital, he said something to his mom that he'd never said before. He said, I know it's been hard for you. And his mom answered, hard? John, it's been an honor. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he died quietly later that night. His mom died just two months later and, and was buried next to him. Uh, and that, that prayer of thanksgiving, this example of laying aside your own interests, um, shining the love of Christ in humility and self-sacrifice uh, and, and pointing people to Jesus and the hope that we have in him. I just thought, oh, that's what a great example of, I think, exactly the kind of thing Paul is talking about here. Yeah, and once again, um, I think it also connects to the point you made about how Paul says he doesn't want his labor to be in vain. Uh, and that this this mother and this story and uh it was not a labor in vain but it was a labor of love for yeah. her son uh that it was not uh, a burden for her but it was her joy to be able right. to do so yeah and a life that uh, according to the world most people today would say that was a waste you you, you did waste your life that was fruitless put it, you know put him in a facility and you know get on with your life and for her it was an opportunity to reflect the love of Jesus and to care for someone uh, in a self-sacrificing humble uh, trusting way yeah uh, I also really appreciated the um, in your the point you're making on Sunday in your sermon you talked about how we need to shine and self-sacrifice this point you're talking about right now and you said don't spend your life building elaborate sandcastles. And that word picture really stuck with me. And I was wondering, how did you, uh, how did you come up with that idea? Or did you read that somewhere of this idea of building elaborate sandcastles? Because as, as soon as you said it, I think we all could just picture what you meant by it. And it was, it was a great word picture. I, you know, I don't know. I, maybe it was because of just some of those pictures that we've seen. You know, like I, I enjoy seeing those photos of the, the amazing things that people can create. Like they even have competitions now. I don't know if you get any money, yeah, but I think so. uh, you get awards <laughs> and recognition. And I mean, really fantastic stuff. And yet it's literally going to go away uh, the next time the tide comes in or, or the rain falls. Yeah, for sure. 
So lastly, before we go, uh, other than this uh, closing illustration you weren't able to include, uh, what's one joke or illustration uh, or personal story maybe you wish you could have included this past Sunday but weren't able to? Um, so one kind of odd thing that uh, didn't really fit with the sermon, but it kind of made me think of it, is uh, my brush with celebrity mm. was I was in uh, the Opryland Hotel in Nashville. So if any of you are familiar with it, it's just gigantic. It's this massive map. Really, you know, like it just goes on forever. Hundreds of rooms. It's beautiful, but a little confusing. So I'm in the elevator with some friends. Uh, we were in college at the time, I think on like a choir tour. Elevator door opens up and Tony Bennett walks in. Now, Many of you may not know who that was. He was a really popular singer, kind of like a Frank Sinatra type guy in the 60s and 70s. So I was just about to ask who he was. Yeah, I, so I threw that in there for you, Nathan. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, I was going to say, you know, for our younger listeners, but I really meant for me. So uh, at this time, like in the 80s, he was still really well known. I mean, he he draw a big crowd, so maybe he was performing there. I don't know. But Tony Bennett gets in, and uh, as near as we could tell, he'd probably been enjoying himself a bit at the bar. Uh, he's, he's not too steady on his feet and he's holding out a room key and, and he sort of wobbly holds it out and asks if, you know, can somebody help me find this room? So, uh, we give him some directions and he gets off, you know, a couple of floorlaters and toddles off and hopefully found, <laughs> hopefully found where he was going. But so that's my celebrity story. Gotcha. Now, did you recognize him right away or was it someone you were with that, uh, recognized him and you kind of all were like, oh, that's Tony Bennett. No, I I, th- I think I recognized him. I'm like, guys, I think that's Tony Bennett. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, he's got kind of a distinctive look. And, yeah. No. yeah. So yeah. anyway, that was... That was it. I mean, we maybe can't be all a... meet Tony Bennett, but you know, maybe there's other celebrities we've all met. In yeah, life. you know, I I thought maybe like you're like Tony who, and I was just <laughs> thinking it, it again, like so celebrity fades, right? Yeah, the the, the star loses its luster, and yeah. maybe if you were preaching this sermon in the '80s, the you know mentioning you met Tony Bennett would have been more impactful. Yeah. But I understand maybe why you cut it. Yeah, <laughs> half the people might be asking who. <laughs> Yeah, and then you'd have to spend two minutes explaining why Tony Bennett matters. Yeah, and, and why yeah why meeting him in a hotel elevator was such a great thing. <laughs> well, uh, that's all we have for today's episode of Cut for Time. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a few seconds to leave a review. The more reviews we get, it makes the podcast more visible to others searching for our content and our church, and we appreciate that. Uh, well, it's time to sign off, Jeff, so I'm going to give you a drum roll for your tagline. Okay, I don't have a fancy tagline, but I'm going to use this prayer that I ran across in the story about uh, Anne and John McClamron. That's much better. Lord Jesus, may I always trust in your generous mercy and love. I want to honor and praise you now and forever. Amen. Amen. That's a great way to end. Thanks for listening, guys. We're in a series on Philippians, and on Sunday, Jeff taught on Philippians. I already forget what you taught on. <laughs> 2, 12 to 18. <laughs> All right. I'm going to write that down. I forgot to fill in the blanks in the fill in the blank script. <laughs> All right.